0: And I'm thinking to myself, how, how do I get there? How do I get there from where I am to the there in my mind? It's five things that I want to point out that is going to help you start bouncing back after you failed. And I'm going to be very transparent with uh, a lot of things that I'll share on this episode, because I want you all to understand that failure is normal. Success is the thing that's uncommon. We don't know what the ratio is gonna be. And it's not that the strategies and the things that you're doing doesn't work. It's just a matter of going through the process. Welcome to the Video Simplified Podcast where I help you simplify the video creation process to help you reach wider and connect deeper with the people that need you the most. From learning to use your camera to simplifying video strategy to help you grow your brand and share your vision using video. So let's jump right into today's episode. What is up entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Video Simplified Podcast with me, your hostess, the mostess, Diana Gladney. We are out here in these real and digital streets. And I want to say the response to last week's podcast has been um, amazing. FYI, for those of you that have sent uh, emails, I've gotten uh, a couple emails about people not being able to get through through the contact form what have you the regular emails work but through the contact form on the website for whatever reasons has been a miss we're switching providers so it's going to be a little bit of a downtime i think that'll be fixed overnight uh, and should be by the time you're listening to this should be fine but just an fyi so if you had any issues or whatever send that to send your emails or replies or what have you to support at dianagladney.com, that email always works, or any of the emails connected to the about page through uh, YouTube or what have you. So uh, last week I was talking about procrastination. And I think this resonates with so many of us because we all find ourselves in that space where we've been wanting and trying and trying and trying and failing. And so much of that failing takes a toll on you and it sucks. Uh, it's not getting twisted. It absolutely sucks, but. This is why I felt it crucial. I had some other episodes in mind of what to put forth for uh, this week, the week after and so on and so forth, have a running list of constant ideas and stuff like that, it just gets rearranged based on what is most important, what's relevant, what needs to be kind of put forth. And so this one, I decided to go ahead and push this one up first uh, and delay one that I had already sitting on the books, ready to go. Uh, because I wanted to touch on this and it's the the idea of bouncing back after you failed because failure is what's normal. Success is what's not normal. Success is what's uncommon. Failure is normal. Success is what is uncommon. And it's this idea that I'm going go through just five simple bullet points uh, that I want to cover in this week's episode. Because I think the misconception when it comes to YouTube I was looking at uh, like, let me finish my sentence first. I think the misconception with YouTube is and creating content and stuff like that is that it should be easier than what it is. And I was looking at some of the comments section based on a partnership video that a friend of mine did. And a lot of people were resistant to some of the financial ideas that she was sharing because they felt like it did not apply to them because YouTube is too hard. it's They're not helping. They don't help push or anything like that. Um, and, I, and I get it. I empathize so much with that feeling, that frustration. It takes me back to the days of just sitting in the cubicle and literally uh, the other headphones that they I had to retire those, I had to get some more of these. And um, But same kind of iPhone headphones is what I'm referring to. If you're listening to the podcast only, you're not watching a video version of the podcast. Uh, But this iPhone headphones 24 7, I would go into work and this is, I would always have it in my ear. If it was, since it was a lot, I'm in it to win it. And so I was always listening to coaches training. Um, I I went through uh, the Video Ranking Academy with Sean Cannell, I went through um, a lot of his trainings and, and just everything, uh, I was a big student and still am big student uh, of Sean Cannell over at Think Media, shout out to the fam over there. And I just kept remember thinking like, like, when is it going to hit? Like I, I'm doing these things, I'm taking the actions, I'm buying the books, anybody invited to a podcast, listening to Pat Flynn's podcast, anybody that was on. And I'm like, oh, they're friends. Let me get, they got this green room mastermind. Let me get LinkedIn with all of these people, buy all their books. I'm like, because if they're in the same room, in the same mindset, uh, having these conversations, it must be important if all of them are doing it. And all of them are at the top levels of their game in their respective niches and industries. And I'm thinking to myself, how, how do I get there? How do I get there from where I am to the there in my mind? It's five things that I want to point out that is going to help you start bouncing back after you failed. And I'm going to be very transparent with uh, a lot of things that I'll share on this episode, because I want you all to understand that failure is normal. Success is the thing that's uncommon. We don't know what the ratio is going to be. And it's not that the strategies and the things that you're doing doesn't work. It's just a matter of going through the process. That's why one of the most champion statements in my business, when I'm working with a client is that you are in the process of, change the language to you are in the process of, I'm in the process of X. Because if it's simply success or failure, there's no wiggle room for anything else. Now, granted, when it comes to looking at the facts and making decisions, of success and failure, yes, yeah, making hard decisions. So like this week I talked about moving the, uh, the website and stuff, which is moving the podcast and moving to this and moving this and all, thankfully all the pages and stuff is all okay and set up or whatever, but it's just the idea. Like I went probably sat for two hours going back and forth with customer service and doing this and changing that and whatever, whatever, all the stuff. Okay. Well you pay the cost to be the boss. <laughs> so. What that means for me in the business, what it would mean for you in a position like this, it's like, dad, was it a mistake to try another service? Was it a mistake to try another thing? And sometimes the answer is, yeah, I didn't work out the way as planned. It didn't, it didn't deliver on the things that they said. And I'm like, okay, well, how can I, how can I think about how I'm not doing what I said I was going to do? Cause I'm not always just, it's easy to point the other finger, but it's always like, I try to evaluate, use these moments as. Moments to evaluate, like, where am I dropping the ball? Biggest red flag and popped up in my mind. It's like, I'm dropping the ball with the membership community. Thousand percent. And I'm like, am I going to, am I going to cancel this and just delete it and be done with it? Or am I going to recommit and do it? Because failure is normal and success is uncommon and all things in anything you have to commit to doing it for it to see, to see, and I'm like, okay, I don't think I've given this a full court press, honest try, and not even just a try, but like commit with everything that I have, and then look at the results and evaluate. Haven't done that. Set it up, let it be what it is. And it's like, uh, eh. buy me a coffee. It's like, eh, tried some other service. It's like, eh, now we sit in Mighty Networks and it's like, It's always like the the question of, is the grass greener someplace else? And sometimes the grass is on fire over there. (laughs) You just don't see it. Sometimes the grass is not, not only is it not greener, it's on fire. Okay. It's a desert someplace else. So it's not all tools. are Great. And I talk about Mighty Networks. Mighty Networks is fine, but it's just like, sometimes it's like that. So I'm like changing the website and stuff. I'm like, hmm, the grass was on fire over there. (laughs) No way to figure that out until you get in there. Okay. Well. How do you start bouncing back after you've failed? Number one would be recognize failure is always a part of success, except failure is normal and success is the thing that is really uncommon. We see, and we pay attention to it in our our reticular activating systems. Like for example, if you bought a red Ford Focus, then you would automatically start seeing a bunch of red Ford Focuses all over the place. If you were interested in a specific camera. Not only is the algorithm chasing you down, not only are the pixels around Google and Amazon and all the rest chasing you down. So that's not the reticular activating system. That's just ads, (laughs) but the reticular activating system is literally like when you see it, because your brain is so much higher tuned and aware of the thing that you're interested in now, because of this. We can't unsee it. We can't get it out of my everywhere. We look everywhere we turn, you know, kind of a thing. So when you recognize that failure is always a part of success, you begin to look at success differently. You begin to look at failures differently. The fifth thing I'm gonna share today is by far one of the most important things that if you are a content creating entrepreneur, if you want to quote unquote, make it to the goals in your mind by far one of the best ways to do it. And it's one of the most helpful ways that will actually help you achieve the goals that you want to think one of the things that made the biggest difference for me. So number one, like I said, recognize that failure is always a part of success. We all love to hear a good story of champions. We love to hear the failure to success. Even when I'm sharing my own story, when I'm on podcast, when I'm on stage and I'm sharing like the journey that I went through. It's always important for me to share my story because I don't want everybody, anybody ever to perceive that it's just been easy um, and that it just happened by osmosis and it was like fly by night kind of a thing because it wasn't. It's been a lot of work, been a lot of commitments, been a lot of uh, accidental overnighters, as I like to say, where I start working, I dig in, I get into this heavy flow state um, and a day like today, it's like, seven o'clock and I haven't eaten anything. And I'm like, crap, I haven't eaten nothing. Let I me mean, get up, get something, and i right back, digging in. I'm, you know, stuck in a flow state until I get it done. And next thing I know, my alarm is going off in the morning to say, wake up. And I've never went to sleep, accidental overnighter. So when you recognize that failure is always going to be a part of success, you begin to analyze it differently. And it's not a you suck moment. It's let's refine the process. Let's evaluate. And sometimes it's just running the odds. It's just running the numbers. Second thing is recalibrate. That's why I said, run the numbers. You need data. Failure is just data. That's really all it is. It's just data. And if you haven't, like I said earlier with the membership stuff with me, if, if you haven't really committed to it, then how can you really say it don't work? I see this a lot with, with uh, people that invest in courses. Oh, I remember when I was first getting started and invested in courses and going along that journey and stuff, I would see a lot of people that would say a course doesn't work and they complain about the thing. And I'm like, that was in module two, man. Did you skip that? Cause people are jumpers. They'll go from jump from this to that, or just jump over what they feel like. I already know all that I don't need that. And they'll go over to something else in the course because they figure they don't need it. And I found that, and a mentor confirmed this firmness to me as well, it's one of the most dangerous mindsets to have is that I already know it. I don't need to watch that. I don't need to listen to that. I already know it. I already heard all that or whatever. That's dangerous. That by that trigger in my mind lets me know, like, if I ever have like, I already heard this before. And I'm like, clearly you have heard it, audibly heard it maybe but you're not implementing it. Otherwise you'd have the thing of what you, what you want, saying that you want. It would be realized and you wouldn't be hearing it again as a part of the something, the steps, the necessary thing that's required to get you what, what you want or where you're saying you want to go. Success has requirements and we must do what's required, not our best. Sometimes your best is not enough. Most of the time, your best is not enough. I did, I did my best. I gave it my all. And sometimes that's not enough because it wasn't what was required. And so when you find out what is required after you've been doing it's like, okay, that's not enough. How can I do more? It's like, okay. And it's not even always like, how can I do more? It's like, how can I recalibrate? So, I can analyze, look at the data that I do have, and see what's working and what's not. What do I need to change? Do I need a different who? Do I need a different person to be in a role? Am I not? Are, are the systems broken? Am I managing my time poorly? I, I still manage to this day my time in Toggle, Toggle Track. It's for free. Uh, and this, I just type in what I'm doing. I was using an AI tool for that, but I need to manually see what I'm doing. Because uh, the AI tools aren't calibrated as well right now. And so they're missing they would miss stuff. And I'm like, I got three hours of a window of a gap of time that's just gone. And so I need to know how long am I spending on this? Because things that I thought were like five, 10 minute thing, it's like that, that was 20, 25 minutes. That's probably a task that needs to be scheduled out then. Because that repeated over time is a waste of time. So recalibrate. And and that could be looking at where where your where's your time going. What are you doing? Truly, what are you doing? Is it busy work or is it work that moves the needle? Is it things that make you feel good, but things that aren't really purposeful work in the, what you're doing to get you to the goal that you say you want to get to. So recalibrate, what is my coach? What is my teacher, what are my mentors saying that needs to be done? Could I look them square in the eye and say, yes, I did this. And I did what was required. Yes, I did this, and I did what was required. Yes, I did this. I did what was you know they can help you, because that's the only way that they like when when you're analyzing with the coach. And sometimes this is a hard conversation to have. Working with a client, you're talking one on one. Like yeah, I did that. I've been doing that, and da da, da, da da And it's like okay, humor me. Let's walk this back, and we start going line by line. And they like, oh, I didn't do it. Like uh, yeah, I guess I skipped this. Like. Now we found the gap, we found the difference, found what that small thing is because when we look at the overall picture, it's easy to look at the whole thing, the whole package as a failure bubble versus just one link in the chain needs to be replaced, system's fine. Sometimes your memory of failure has you on a repeat that a new experience will also result in failure. And that this too will fail. You have to be very consciously aware of what your emotional memory is suggesting to you, recalibrate that as well. There are some thoughts that you rethink and you know that you have rethunk them over and over again, I would question why good or bad just why those are the things where I, and I believe i've talked about this before we talk about closing loops closing loops for example something super simple i used to get up every day get ready for work and i'm in the office home office and i'm like sit down and I put my glasses on that for my work because these are the ones that uh, help me to record so i don't have uh, huge glares and stuff in the glasses but I will put them on and I'm like, get, and I have to get right back up and go and get uh, a lens cloth. And then if it's like oil from my fingers or something like that or whatever, or from a dreadlock that hit it and it was oiled on it. And I'm like, now I gotta, gotta get the lens wipes, um, the Zeiss wipes that I use. Okay. Well now the mode that I was getting into locking in for work, now I have to stop and break the flow before it even got started good. And I'm like, why am I doing this? And then I'm like, well, I'm just going to put a bunch of stack of them on the desk. And then I'm like, well, now it's cluttering up the desk even more. And I already don't have an Instagram mobile desk. It's enough crap on it that I actively use. Got the calendar, got my water, got my coffee, got freaking medicine, got this SD card, that SD card, got, got a freaking camera. Got, like, you know, it's just, it's enough. It's enough. <laughs> I don't need something else. So I'm like, how can I close this loop? The way that I was able to close the loop. Clean my, my glasses when I'm done with work for the day. Super simple, but closing loops because I'm having to repeat the same thing over and over, I'm like, okay, at the end of every day, I'm going to clean my glasses and place them back in the same spot on the computer. Then when I put on my at home glasses, cause it also is a play on my mental shift, especially working from home. It's no different than when I'm wearing work clothes. And I change from my uniform and then I go and put on relaxing clothes, put on jogging pants or whatever. Even if I switch to jogging pants and I have from the, from the waist up, I'm dressed for work because this may be all I need or something. It was like, but I need it because, for example, right now I got the heating pad on and the massager on my back and stuff like that. Domi drills, this sucks. <laughs> but it's like, okay, but I still will wear shoes, still put on perfume. Put on my rings. And so those are the things that are part of me getting ready for work that are part of my uniform, my preparation. So it's like I changed the bottoms, no big deal, but changing my glasses, simple as it sounds. Now that's part of the getting out of work mode and I'm stretched in for home. So what I would do is put on my home glasses. I opened another loop, created another loop by not cleaning those. So, I would get done with work, clean those glasses, and I'm like, ah, oh, crap. Now I gotta go clean. And I'm like, no. At the end of my being done with being at home and I'm switching into work mode, when I take those glasses off, clean them, place those back where they need to go next to the books. Then, when I get ready for work, those glasses are clean. So, what are the thoughts that you're rethinking? And a super simple example but that is how like you you notice you're doing this over and over how can you close that loop there may be something that you're doing in your business how can you close that loop what's a constant something that you do regularly and that may could be water how can you close that loop maybe instead of having Uh, to refill and wait, and then you stand in the kitchen and you're like, oh, let me just wash this dish real quick. And then you get distracted and you're like, oh, let me just dry it and put it up. And then you're like, oh, that one glass, it could be refreshed real quick. So you wash that, like it's it's the ADHD thinking. (laughs) So maybe it's putting three, four, five, six water bottles pre-filled, ready for the day. So all you do is place them on the counter and grab the next one and you're out of the kitchen. Not even in there long enough to be distracted. Maybe it's creating a playlist. I did this when I used to work at the bank, creating a playlist for, that would last me all day and I knew what I was going through for trainings all week, 32 hours, 32 hours worth of training. I knew what, uh, once I got through the trainings and I was done learning, I was ready to dive into the YouTube stuff. I had the playlist already set for this day, 727. Got this on the calendar, outlined all that stuff. So it was no question. I didn't have to wait and burn that time. So recalibrate. I know this episode is getting really, really good, but let me interrupt you for this week's gear fix. This week's gear fix is brought to you by my brand new book called The One Right Video. Are you an entrepreneur struggling to get your brand noticed through video content? Look no further. The One Right Video is the ultimate guide to creating videos that will amplify your brand and grow your business. It's jam packed with practical tips and strategies to help entrepreneurs just like you succeed in video content creation. Don't let your competition get ahead. Mark your calendar for March 1st and be among the first to get your hands on a copy of The One Right Video. Go to onerightvideo.com. If you haven't already gotten your copy of the book, I highly suggest that you do so, but let's jump back into this week's episode. Number three, forgive yourself. This is a huge, 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 big deal. Forgive yourself. If you don't forgive yourself, who will? And even if somebody else did, you wouldn't accept it because you haven't forgiven yourself of your past failures and the, the who you were when you failed. Most of the time, you probably ain't even the same person. Forgive yourself. It's as simple as that. You need to forgive yourself so that you can move on with yourself. <laughs> it's a, a gospel song that was sung from the gospel choir of the Alabama A&M University gospel choir. And I love, love I think it's like from 2004. Uh, that's not when I went to college, but that's when the album was. And I love it so much. But one of the songs in there says, created me a a new heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Oh, wash me and I'll be clean. And it, the song just goes on. And at that point in the song, you are so relieved. You feel, you just feel good. You're relieved because it's like, you're letting the old things go and only focus on the new things. And even if you're not a believer and gospel isn't your jam, uh, you could like gospel rap for all I know, but it's like, there's, there's moments that you have to focus on memory-wise when it comes to forgiveness, because if we only think about and focus on the who we were when we last X, Y, Z, we'll never be able to step into the who we are. To get to where we want to be, you have to f- focus on like wash yourself of those old mindsets, let them go. Let go of the f- the feelings of failure that from your memory it's no different than a bad dream. If you ever had that falling dream or something like that, or you jump or you swing it on somebody if you look little, <laughs> little gangster a little violent, <laughs> but you have that that like you jump in your sleep. The mind is so powerful, it can cause the body to react when nothing is happening and only the mind is active. That is also true when we are awake. So if we're actively remembering a past failure that is triggering a feeling, we have to consciously, and I would say audibly even speak to yourself, like, I forgive myself of that. I am focused on where I'm going. I am in the process of doing X and listen to some good music. I love Earth, Wind & Fire, uh, Boogie Wonderland. It's my jam, Uh, but I just love music that makes me feel good. I have certain playlists, so I can say to the A-L-E-X-A to play uh, worship instrumentals, if I don't wanna hear any words, or I can play worship music and it's gonna cycle through the same songs that I absolutely love that make me feel good. It lifts me and makes me feel light when everything else around me makes me feel heavy. And so when you forgive yourself, it's also creating these new patterns and habits that allow you to move into this new space. So it's not just words. It's not just saying, I forgive myself. All right, I'm good. Attribute some new memories to that forgiveness as well. That makes you feel good now. And it just might be a song. So every time you hear that song, it triggers, I forgive myself, forgave myself for the old thing. I'm not worried about it. I'm moving into the new thing. Number four. Operate from the plan based on when you recalibrate it. Operate from the plan, not from the emotional memory. That's why I said you got to create a new one because if you don't, you always are operating from your emotional memory. How that memory makes you feel when you last did the action, when you last signed into that account, when you last signed into YouTube studio, when you last clicked on the content button. When you last clicked on the comment button, you got to create new memories and and cycle through that constantly. I used to take screenshots of when something great happened and, and literally even save it, I would get so nitty gritty down to saving it so that when I logged into, for example, my bank account, and I was believing that at the time I was like, my accounts would be overdrawn all the time. I remember I was trying to rebuild my credit. And I was just running into a lot of issues, just trying to fix life at, I think I was like 22 or something like that. This is long before YouTube content, business, any of that stuff. And I was just reading books and implementing what I learned. And it was talking a lot about visualization. Again, creating a new memory, getting rid of the old memories, the, and forgiving myself of the past. So I'm like, okay, I'm forgiving myself for when I didn't know how to manage money, when I didn't know what to do. And so when I had screenshots from mentors of their bank accounts, I'd save it as mine. So I was when, every time I sign into my phone, that's what I saw, or I take a picture of it, uh, it's like you print it out at the computer or whatever. So right where that number is supposed to be on the computer, when it's time to check the accounts, that's what I'm looking at, or when it's time to check the thing, that's what I'm looking at or the homepage or, or the desktop or whatever on your phone and your computer. That's what I was looking at when I was writing my book. Once I got the cover done. Well, number one, it was always uh, if default to choose joy. So I'm always focused on, focus on joy, choose joy. You're going to have a lot of choices today. Choose joy, simple message. Then when it became my book and I got the cover done and I'm just got, cause I'm like, at any point you can stop. Failure is available at any stage. I don't care how close you are. Is that story of three feet from gold? If you've ever read that story before or even heard it, I'm not going to dig into it now. We long enough in a podcast, but Basically imagine, might as well say it now, (laughs) digging and digging and digging. And you never, never getting there. Guy's like, this sucks. This property sucks. This gold vein that was here is gone now. Sells the property. Guy looks and he's like, I don't think it's gone, but I don't know that much about the whole gold vein stuff. So I'm going to hire somebody that does know, and I'm going to have them check my calibrations, check my numbers, check the figures, sure enough. Three feet from where the original owner was digging because he didn't have information and he didn't get some outside information or help to recalibrate. He left and wind up walking away and he was only three feet literally from hitting a major and I mean like exceptionally large gold vein. Three feet from gold, amazing. What can happen when you get outside information to help you recalibrate? So, like I said, operate from the plan, buying a course, do what it says. What's required, not your best. What's required. Identify what's required and just and do it. Operate from the plan. Not from an emotional memory. So once you create a plan, once you recalibrate, you get the information, you verify, you like, dang, I missed this mark here. I should've did this step here. Everything else is solid. I just really need to focus on this. If you, if it comes to your YouTube videos, everything else could be great. Thumbnails are lame. I'm going to take a hundred bucks, invest in somebody to help me with this, get 10 thumbnails or whatever. And it's like, okay, great. Now I'm about to put these 10 to work and invest in yourself, operate from the plan. So you're not falling back into your own emotional response, your own muscle memories that were last attributed to a point of failure. You're tying into your muscle memories that are moving you into what you are in the process of. Number five, like I said earlier, this is one is the ones that helped me the most. I'm not saying that because of what I said earlier about the membership community, but it's be in community with doers. The reason why this helped me the most is because as far as I knew and was concerned and I saw, nobody was making content when I was in St. Louis, not like that, not anywhere I ever saw on YouTube in the same realm of content. So I was out here by myself. Everybody else was everywhere else, Atlanta, Texas, freaking Canada. Tons of people in Canada just felt like everybody in the same spot in Canada. That's what it felt like, you know, from YouTube, um, California, uh, Pennsylvania, even stuff like that. A bunch of people, like it seemed like they were all in the same spot. Florida. I'm like, why ain't nobody in St. Louis? It's just me. <laughs> Still, there ain't too many of us that I'm aware of. But here's my thing. There's more now that I'm aware of, but here's my thing. I'm like, where, where are my people at? Where are people in general? What, where are the content creators that are doing this? Nobody else is doing this. Obviously, you you know, a small speck of your city, like a job, small demographic, uh, demographical number there, it's not enough for you to say, like, it's you and your friend or whatever, you and another coworker or whatever. Maybe, maybe, but not necessarily. So in, like getting community though, I was literally sharing this with uh, a friend who we was doing some client work together and stuff. And I'm like, okay, you got to get in community with other people that are doing what you do. You have to, because if you are isolated, you always are stuck trying to be the person that understands everything. You always got to recalibrate yourself because you don't have nobody. Or if you have a coach that you're paying for, you don't have access to them all the time. Uh, You just don't, regardless, paid for or not paid for, whatever, you don't have access to them all the time. So now when you think about this, who are you in community with? And for this reason alone, I was thinking, I've been pondering about this for weeks, months even. I'm like, should I bring back the Friday live Helpcast? Because that was a central part of community. I still get messages. People like, you gonna do the Friday live Helpcast or what? Like you, I'm like, no, nah, man, I think I'm not gonna lie. I got tired. I got drained, emotionally zonked. Just didn't have anything left for a while. And the book, what I did have, the book was taking all of it out of me. Because the one thing that writing a book will do will expose you to yourself, much like how creating content will, it will expose you to yourself. A book is a different kind of level though, because now your words are immortalized in print and you're open to criticism more than like YouTube. You can delete a YouTube comment or whatever. maybe you can for, I don't know, wherever publications uh, your book is and reviews or whatever, you might be able to delete those, but it's, it's different because once you get past the point on YouTube, you get a ton of comments and stuff. It's like, whatever, <laughs> you know, you develop a uh, thicker skin. Some days, some people catch you on the wrong day, ladies, the wrong week, and you just ready to punch somebody square in the jaw. Just, just punch them square in the throat. Okay. Stop all that talking. Stop all that yapping. <laughs> And so, you know, but when you publish a book, it's different. It's just, it's just different. And doing that, I'm like, I honestly wanted to quit so many times. Not just the book, just everything. Because I'm like, enough. I'm like, how am I even supposed to? Any videos that came out around that time was, it took everything out of me to do. It really did. I, I just... I just didn't have anything else in me. I was out. Stuff was getting worse with the endometriosis, so I could work less, but I had to do what was required if I was going to get it done. And I'm like, okay, Lord, put it on my heart to do this. Won't leave me alone about it. So definitely quit several times throughout the process. Like it's not this important. I don't need to do it, what have you. And I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what is required. And had I known all the things that were required prior to writing a book, I probably wouldn't have proceeded with it now or when I did, but I'm so glad that I did because it makes the next one in process already that much easier. But when it comes to your goals and the things that you're doing, being in community, when I started writing the book. I looked for the writing community and they were awesome and, and are. When I started making YouTube videos, it was at the time for what YouTube was, it was hard. Um, you only had like Patreon, I'm trying to think it was maybe one other service for real, but the services weren't what they are now. It wasn't as easy service wise. Comment section weren't as uniformed. And community oriented as they are, like community and the creator economy and all this stuff, well, those were not things. We were weirdos on the internet for the most part. You know? So when you become in community with doers, not just people that are it's it'll exhaust you more, and be careful about this. It will exhaust you more to be around the wrong people that are not doers. They're triers. They just try a bunch of stuff. And YouTube may not be as serious to them as it is to you. And so you'll find yourself wasting a lot of time with triers instead of doers. And then fast forward four to five years, you'll see they still just bouncing around trying stuff. No big deal to them. I don't know how big of a deal. Content creation and YouTube is for you, your business, your life. But if it's real serious for you, it's going to require you to bounce back from failures better than you have before, but you can. There's not anything that you can't do. It's only the things that you choose not to do. All things are possible to those that believe. That's why I'm leaving for this week's episode. Went way longer, deeper than I uh, initially intended. But this is why I'm leaving for this week's episode, and as I love to end all of our episodes, the winds of life blows on us all, but it is how you set your sails. So set your sails accordingly. With that, guys, with passion, I'll see you on the next episode here on the Video Simplified Podcast. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, but the value doesn't stop there. For more in-depth trainings, courses, and growing your brand using video, join the Video Simplified community at videosimplified.live.